Seeking the Still is produced by Jill Devine Media. Welcome to the Seeking the Still podcast with me, your host, Laura Fleetwood. In this safe space, we come together to seek the still amid chaotic lives, to get honest about what overwhelms us, to become connected to one another and to the divine, to step into who we were created to be. Always real, never perfect, and forever on your side. Welcome to Seeking the Still, Episode 12, Season 2. During this season of Seeking the Still, I have been interviewing important people in my life, loved ones who walked with me through a season of intense anxiety back in 2014. They saw the worst of me, and yet they loved me still. So during this season, I'm asking them the hard questions about what it was like and what they learned and what advice they would have for others who are walking with a loved one through a similar situation. But before we get into today's interview with my daughter, Audrey, I wanted to take a moment to thank our season sponsor, Cindy Jenks, who is an ambassador with Q Sciences, and tell you a little bit about one of her products that has made a really important difference in my life. Q Sciences is a wellness company that offers natural supplements and hemp supplements as well, full spectrum hemp. And one of the products that I have really enjoyed is their twist drink. So twist is a powder that you add to your water. And there's three different kinds of twist. There's a crave, which helps curb your appetite. There's a hydrate, which restores all of the important um, nutrients in your body for hydration. And then there's one called Calm. It's a peach lemonade flavor, and it supports stress relief. Now, this little packet that I add to my water is delicious, and it truly does bring a sense of calm, emotional calm, and physical calm. It's great to drink right before bed, or even anytime during the day when you're feeling a little bit stressed out. It tastes really, really good. It is delicious, and it just really does bring you a sense of calm. Now, Cindy would love to give you a free sample of this drink and let you see for yourself the difference that it can make in your life. So all you have to do is email her at Cindy at myqwellness.com. Let her know that Laura sent you and that you would like to try um, one of the twist drinks, and she will get that in the mail to you as soon as possible. You can check out all of the products that she offers at myqwellness.com. And I know that Cindy would love to answer any questions that you have and um, let you try any of the products so that you can see for yourself the difference that they can make in your life as you seek the still. And now it is my great honor to introduce you to my oldest daughter, Audrey. We're going to have a frank and honest conversation now about what it was like for her to see me go through that difficult season. And I have to tell you that as a mom, I worried and stressed and cried so much, worrying that what I was going through was negatively impacting my girls. 
So I am excited today to hear her side of the story and to see what she learned, um, what she thinks about it, and what advice she would give to other children whose parents are walking through a difficult time. Here is Audrey. Audrey, I am so excited that you are here with me on the podcast. I know that I had to twist your arm a little bit. Uh, My daughter, Audrey, is 16 years old, and she's just thrilled about talking to you all about this. She really is in her heart, I know. Anyway, um, at the time that I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, you were 10 years old. So that is really hard to believe. It's been Um, a journey, I know. And today, Audrey, I just want to ask you to be totally honest and truthful. This is the total truth zone. I just want to get your insight into what it was like to see me go through that season. And then we'll talk a little bit about maybe some things that you have learned through my experience um, and maybe some advice that you would have for other kids. Um, We'll see how it goes. All right. So, What do you remember about 2014 when I started having all of these physical symptoms of anxiety? Um, Honestly, I don't really remember that much about it. I didn't really notice that anything was wrong. Um, You were just sick a lot. Like I noticed you having like cold symptoms or you just would always say you weren't feeling well. And then I really didn't watch you go through it because you were really just in your room for most of what I remember like I remember when like our grandparents would come stay with us like we would be down playing games at the kitchen table or whatever and I would be like oh when's mom gonna come make dinner like that was always my thing every night like I wanted you to make me dinner and you were just always up in your room and I was like where's mom so That's Yeah, I really don't remember that much about it. So that's so interesting because in my mind, you know, as I'm like up in my room kind of hiding away and trying to get a hold of my emotions and my anxiety, I'm thinking I'm ruining my girl's life. You know, they they're so worried about me and they they don't know what's going on. And what if this traumatizes them for their the rest of their life? And and for you, it really wasn't that traumatic, it sounds like. It, it was just kind of like I was not around as much, maybe. Do you remember when I told you that I was dealing with anxiety? Do you remember anything about that conversation? Um, I remember you sitting us down. We were all in the living room, and you were like, I don't remember exactly what you said, but you told us that you were sick and that you were you had anxiety and of course we asked what's anxiety like what is that you're like I'm just I get really worried and I had experienced some minor things of anxiety like that and so you were kind of like you know when your stomach gets upset and you're worried at night or you just get really sad about something it's kind of like that I just feel it all the time and you really didn't go into much detail about it you just kind of I think tried to give us an explanation as to why you hadn't really been around much, but there's only so much you can say to a 10-year-old that me and Anna could understand. So it didn't really come until later when you actually explained like what had happened during those years. Like I had no clue about some of that stuff. I had no idea that you went to the hospital or like that it got that bad. 
I, yeah, I really hadn't noticed any of that stuff. So I know that after I had gone through the therapy and, you know, finally found the right combination of medication and started feeling better that I started sharing more about, you know, what I had been through. And that's what you were talking about. Do you remember at all, like, what that was like? Because I, I remember kind of trying to teach you and Anna a little bit about what I had learned, right? Um, because I know that both of you have had episodes of anxiety, nothing like what I had, but it was like, as I was learning more about how to take care of myself, I wanted to teach that to you guys as soon as possible um, so that I could maybe help you avoid some of the things that I had experienced. So I'm just curious, like, what things um, do you remember that I shared with you maybe that that help you um, based on what I had learned? To be honest, it freaked me out a lot in the beginning when you first started sharing everything with us because I don't really like talking about feelings and emotions. And so you were kind of talking about all these things and you were talking about how important it is to share your feelings and that's why you were sick because you held all these feelings in for 25 years or however long of your life and so that totally freaked me out and I was like okay I can never hold a feeling in ever again like I have to share everything with you and so I did like I remember I would sit down and tell you anytime I was sad or scared or angry or worried or whatever I would be like okay I have to tell mom like I can't keep this bottled up and that went on that was like a good two years where I would not keep anything to myself now I have more secrets but I've learned and I still know it's very important to share things and that really has helped me and I know it's helped our relationship a ton. Like I know I can tell you anything, but yeah, that was just one. I was terrified of bottling up all my emotions and just like exploding one day. That's so interesting because it's kind of like we went to the opposite extremes. Like I had held all my feelings in for so long and then you, I, yeah, you and Anna would and I still feel like you tell me a lot more than maybe a lot of teenage girls um, tell their tell their moms because I'm constantly rem- reminding you, like, tell your team, you know, you have to let the things out. You have to speak about it. So, so that's good. I mean, of anything that I taught you, I'm glad that that's, that's what, what stands out to you. So it hasn't been smooth sailing since 2014. Like since I started getting better, there's ups and downs and flares. And, um, you know, you know that when I get sick, especially my anxiety flares. And so share with the audience a little bit about what it's like to, you know, most of the time I'm great, I'm doing well, but then I'll slide back down and I'll come to you guys and say, okay, guys, my anxiety is here. I'm having a flare. And sometimes I'll see you roll your eyes at me, <laughs> you know? So I'm just curious, like, what are you thinking when I say, oh, here comes the anxiety again? Yeah. So you weren't really supposed to see those eye rolls. but So it really does annoy me a lot. And in the beginning, I understood it. And then you got better. And when you started, like when you had a few, I'll call them relapses or whatever, it was just like, oh, she's sick. You know, she'll be down for a little bit. And then now when it happens, I don't know why. It's just, it's so annoying. Like you go away 
And I know whenever you're sick, I'm like, oh, she's going to think it's anxiety. Like it's going to become this whole thing. And I know it drags it on for you and makes you sick longer than you would have been. And it's like, it's bad for you. And I know that you can't help it. And, but it just feels like to me that you should be able, I'm like, why can't she just pull herself out of it? Like she should know it's anxiety. Like it should not wipe her out for a week. And so whenever you go, I've gotten better about it now. Like now I don't really care when you (laughs) go away in your room for a week, but especially like a year ago, two years ago, it was before confirmation in eighth grade for me. And you were sick and you were out for like two weeks. And I was so mad because I just wanted someone to cook dinner. It's again, it's the dinner. It's just knowing that like there's somebody there to cook dinner. And I wanted you around and we hadn't gone shopping for my confirmation dress yet. And so I called Aunt Nora one day and I was crying to her on the phone. I was like, mom's like, mom's not, she's sick and she has anxiety or whatever. And I wish you would just snap out of it. And I just want somebody to take me shopping for my confirmation dress. And it's just times like that where it's, it's annoying that you just can't be there. It's like, you can't pull yourself out of it and just do the things I want you to be able to do. Yeah, I I get it. It's frustrating for me too. And I'm cracking up that it's always about the food. <laughs> it's always about why can't I cook anything for dinner? <laughs> oh, it's it's a journey, you guys. It's a journey. And I'm so thankful that Audrey can, you know, tell me that she is annoyed or that she's frustrated and I get it, you know. She has a right to her feelings about it. So I'm curious, Audrey, am I a different mom? Am I a different kind of mom than what you remember pre-breakdown, like from age zero to 10? Um, And then I went through, you know, what I went through and now on this side of it, can you see a difference in me and how I parent? So weirdly enough, I don't really remember much about the way you parented from like first grade through third grade, which is when it happened for me. I remember a lot about preschool and before I went to school when we would go on walks every day and spend all our time together. But that, I mean, that I was just hanging out with you. It wasn't really parenting techniques. We used to have this chore board and it was like a list of all the chores that we had to do. And one of them was make our bed. And so Um, the very first thing I would do in the morning is make my bed. And one morning before school, I was making my bed and I was very proud of it. I was like five and I thought it looked beautiful. And you came in and you were like, Audrey, you got to make your bed. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like I made my bed and you go, no, there can't be any lumps in the bed. Like, you know, when the covers get like those weird, like waves in them and you just have to pull a corner and it like flattens it all out. Like that's what you did. And so you were like, see, you pull the corner and there can't be any lumps in the bed. And I was like, okay. And so from that point on, when I made my bed, there were no lumps in it. Well, then later, and this was after you went through all your stuff, I was making my bed and we were like running late for something. And you came in and you were like, Audrey, we have to go. And I was like, hold on, like there can't be any lumps in the bed. And you were like, it's fine. Just leave it. Like it doesn't matter if there's lumps in your bed. And so that's just one of the things like you did used to be a lot more particular and like a perfectionist. And now I feel like I'm you still are a perfectionist, but 
you've gotten much better at just letting things go and you're just like it's good enough and sometimes it annoys me because I'm like it's not good enough like we need to try a little bit harder but that's definitely something that's changed in your parenting styles yeah for any of you listening um, who have a loved one who struggles with anxiety one of the the main symptoms is like um, irritability about little things, right? Because you're always kind of living at this high level of stress. And so I do remember thing like being obsessed about things that shouldn't have mattered. Like I remember one time when you and Anna were little and I had just cleaned the floors and they were still wet and you guys were running around and there were little footprints all over the floors that I had just cleaned. And I was like so mad about it because it wasn't perfect, you know, and I think that I probably put the fear of God in you after that about walking on freshly cleaned floors until they were dry. Um, And now I'm like, who cares, you know, who cares about the floors? (laughs) So that's just like one example, the bed and the floors of, I can see how I was much more high strung and um, yeah, just obsessed about little things that in hindsight, should not have been something that I was putting pressure on you or on myself about. So this brings to mind another story. I was filming an audition to become a speaker with Making It Count. And Audrey was probably three, if that. Anna was still in her little bouncer thing. um, And I had Audrey go in the bedroom to watch Anna so that I could film this audition. Well, Anna got upset, you know, because she was less than a year old. And Audrey came running in to, you know, tell me that Anna was upset. And I was so mad. And I yelled. Like, I was so angry that she was interrupting me. And I was trying so hard to make this perfect video and be perfect about the speech that I had memorized for this audition. But I didn't remember that the camera was still rolling. So the camera caught my yelling at her and my outbursts just of anger at this little three-year-old who I had asked to babysit her nine-month-old sister so that I could film this thing, you know, and I'm getting mad at her because she's not keeping her baby sister quiet. So a few years later, I was watching um, different tapes that I had recorded and this came on and I saw myself react like that. And it was awful. Like I, I, I have never watched it again um, because I was so embarrassed and so sad and so just I couldn't believe that I had been that angry at my three-year-old daughter who was watching her sister for me. <laughs> and I remember that Audrey told me when she was little that she thought I was a witch that I had a zipper on my back. So here I am, you know, the lovely mom, you know, and but underneath I was a witch and I she I would pull that zipper and out would come the witch. What insight from a little girl um, at the different sides of her mom. And that, my friends, it's is was the anxiety. It caused me to go into fits of anger when the situation was not warranted for me to be angry, to be that frustrated or that irritable. 
So um, just a little anecdote about what it can be like from the perspective of a young child when a parent reacts, you know, in a way that isn't warranted um, by the situation. Can you think of any other examples, Audrey, that might be helpful for people about maybe what I was like pre-getting help (laughs) for my anxiety and what I'm like now as I've learned how to cope and, um, and manage it? Yeah, so parties are always a big example that we use. So pre-anxiety, whenever we were getting ready for a party, it would be like at least a week-long ordeal of cleaning and making sure the floors were spotless and the house was picked up. And dad always jokes about having to change a light fixture, at least one for every party. And the house, it looked amazing always, but you were always like a nervous wreck before every single party. And then By the time the party got there, I feel like you were so exhausted from trying to make the house look and be perfect that you didn't really enjoy it. And then you were just watching all these little kids like drop their crumbs on the floor and basically ruin the perfect house that you had just made. And then just two days ago, we had Anna's confirmation party and we were getting ready for it and it was it we spent about a week and we were fixing up the house and you were adding like new crown molding onto the ceiling and stuff like that right before but the day of we were cleaning up the kitchen and you said good enough and that is not something that you would have said before you wouldn't have said like this is good enough but you said i'm just going to leave it i don't care if this stuff doesn't get done the house is clean enough and you said, I'm just going to enjoy the day. And that's something that I feel like you wouldn't have done before. You would have been at least a little bit uptight about something like trying to fix something in the house, but you really did just enjoy it. And I, I think you had a blast and it's much more fun when we're getting ready for a party with you and we can laugh about things and you're not stressed out. So we're not stressed out. And it just makes it all a more fun experience. Yeah, I remember saying to you, you know, old Laura would stay up all night to get all of this stuff done. And it was like 10 o'clock and I said, I'm going to bed. (laughs) Whatever isn't done, isn't done. And um, that is freeing. That is so freeing when you can really learn to let things go and not sweat the small stuff. And I, I think that all of us have a new appreciation um, just for the simple times, you know, just the the good times, um, because we've been through some some hard roads, and it's been a learning process for all of us. What would you say, Audrey, as we wrap things up here, um, to another, you know, kid your age, whose parent is going through um, a hard time with their with their mental health and um, having to dive deep into their own history and into their, you know, their own struggles and, and figure that out. What advice would you give to, to the kids? I mean, it sucks. It really does. Like not having a parent there for you that you feel like should be there. Um, definitely don't feel like you have to step up. Like as the older sister, I never personally felt like I had to take on any new responsibilities because I had so much family support 
And I, like I said, I never really even noticed that my mom was missing, but don't feel like you have to take on any new roles and be the parent. And you really can learn from it. Even if you don't like really sharing your feelings or hearing about feelings, I hate talking about feelings. Um, You can still learn from what your parents going through, like listen to their advice, because if they're going through something, there's a reason they're going through it. And they don't want you to go through that same thing. So it really can bring you closer if you can listen to them and share your experiences and share a little bit of how you're feeling. Like if you're feeling like you're taking on too much because of their absence, like tell somebody about it. You don't have to sit there in silence and feel like you're being a burden or anything because they know that you're hurting and they're hurting. And so if you're just open with each other, then it can really bring you closer together in the end. Yeah, I hope that that's our story. I hope that I think it's true that we've all kind of gone grown closer. I mean, I think it's true that we've all grown closer because of the hard things we've been through. And so I'm thankful to God for that. And I'm thankful for you and um, just the special kiddo that you are. So I hope that all of you listening found this conversation insightful. And I just want to encourage you that as much as we think we're ruining our kids' lives by our own struggles, I think more often than not, um, we're giving them a gift by sharing what we learn and by being transparent that we're not perfect. Um, I can't think of anything worse than a child trying to live up to a perfect standard and by of thinking that their parents, um, you know, are something that they could never be. So I'm a messy miracle. I, I have messed up a lot. I will mess up a lot again. Um, and I know my girls will too. And we accept that about each other and love each other through it. So we are not perfect, but I am thankful. I am very thankful for this tribe of family that God has given me. I would love to hear your questions and your responses to this episode. I'd love to hear what struggles you are facing as a parent, either with anxiety or uh, maybe your, your child has anxiety. So join me on Instagram at Seeking the Still and uh, message me there. I love to interact with all of you on Instagram. It's my favorite place to be online. You can also always join me at seekingthestill.com where you can subscribe for free for some audio meditations and other helpful tools to help you seek the still in your chaotic life. I want to encourage you as we wrap up today to open your hands and let go of some things that are weighing you down. How are you holding yourself to a level of perfection that just isn't sustainable? Because newsflash, you're not perfect and nobody expects you to be perfect. In a lot of ways, we are our own enemy when it comes to living up to those standards that we put on ourselves. So open your hands today. Open your hands and let go of some areas in your life where you feel like you are less than, some areas where you've been striving to um, a level of achievement or perfection that is really in the end just weighing you down. I know you can do it with God's help. 
Until we meet again, be still.